episode 165, bonus edition, interview with Cole Alexander. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Goins from the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, elite educators, it's Gretchen here from Always a Lesson, here to empower you to reach your potential. You know it. I refer to you as an elite educator because that really describes someone that takes the time to invest in themselves by doing something simple like listening to this podcast um, to help hone your craft. Well, today is a special day because we have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by learning from another elite educator named Cole, and she's got quite an empowering message for you. Before we dive into that interview, I do want to share a little bit more about her with you. So she graduated from the University of Houston downtown with a bachelor's degree in urban education, and she spent the last seven years teaching pre-K and kindergarten in Title I schools in Houston. And then the last two years, she's been in a special role being the a STEAM lab teacher in an early childhood center. She's really passionate about giving students hands-on learning experiences and differentiating instruction. And some fun facts, when she's not teaching, you can find her chasing around her sweet one-year-old boy, drinking lots of coffee and creating products to share with other educators. And lastly, catching up on her guilty pleasure, which is also mine, reality TV. She and I have become great friends over the last couple years, and we'll share a little bit more about our background in a second. But I'm excited because this interview is a little bit different. It's super casual, and it's over Voxer because Voxer is how she and I communicate on a daily basis about business and about life. And so it was only appropriate to go ahead and do the interview that way. So you'll hear background noise of both our kiddos, and she's in the car or in the school building because that is genuinely how we communicate and all those imperfect scenarios. And I want you to know that when you do have an accountability partner, it can be just as informal as this and just as real and just as fulfilling as having someone to just quickly send a message to and hear back. And if you don't know what Voxer is, I'll link in this episode you know, the do's and don'ts of Voxer, which is a quick blog post I wrote. Um, But basically, it's an audio app. So instead of texting, which most of us have time in the car, and we might not be able to call like she's in Texas, so our time zone is different, is I can just hit the Voxer recording button and just talk. And then it sends it to her. And whenever she has a chance, she can listen to it and send me one back or she can type the message or we can group chat with other folks. And it's just been a really great personal way for us to keep in touch. And I've just really enjoyed getting to know her. And so I'm excited to have her on the show and have you get to know her too. So let's jump into this imperfect, but so perfect interview. 
All right, Cole. So why don't you start by telling the audience how our two paths have crossed, how we know each other. Yeah, so we actually met online on Facebook in a teacher Facebook group. I don't really remember which one it was, but another teacher had posted in the group that she wanted to start a mastermind with a couple of other teachers and just, you know, collaborate, learn from each other, bounce ideas off one another. And so I thought it was something that would be really beneficial to me, something I would really like to do. So I said that I wanted to go ahead and be in the group. And so did you. So we were in the group and we did Google Hangouts and we had a Facebook group, our own private Facebook group. And, you know, it was really good for a couple of weeks. <laughs> then it kind of fizzled out pretty fast, uh, just with everybody's conflicting schedules. It was really hard for all of us to get on a Google Hangout at the same time. And um, I know personally, this is probably not a good time for me to start something like a mastermind because I had a few week old baby, like brand, brand new baby. So um, my, I didn't really have much of a schedule. I was on his schedule at the time. So it didn't really work out well at the time, which I was kind of disappointed, but you know, I thought, oh, well, it is what it is. It's just, just not a good time. Then a few months later, uh, out of nowhere, <laughs> you contacted me. I think it was like in the beginning of July and said, hey, you know, I know that the whole mastermind thing didn't really work out, which was kind of a bummer, but if you would be interested, you know, you and I could just kind of pick up, pick up where it left off and we can still talk and bounce ideas off each other, collaborate, you know, et cetera. And that's what we've been doing ever since, just keeping each other informed, cheering each other on, talking through different ideas. Um, so it's, it's been really great. So tell us what is your current position in the educational field? I am currently the STEAM lab teacher at an early childhood center. And what that means is I get to do all kinds of fun science experiments and uh, hands-on engineering work, uh, engineering projects and stuff like that with over 400 four and five-year-olds every single week. Um, it is probably the most fun job I've ever had. They are really amazing. It's so great getting to facilitate them learning through play and just seeing those light bulbs go off and seeing the amazing problem-solving skills that they come up with, how they can work together, you know, just come up with these really higher-level answers. Like, you would never <laughs> you would never guess this from a four- and five-year-old. So it's been a really incredible job over the last two years. Before that, I was a pre-K classroom teacher and a kindergarten classroom teacher um, before that. And then I was also a computer lab teacher. So I mostly, I mostly just work with the babies. So now that you're in a different type of role, what would you say is the best lesson you've learned versus being a classroom teacher per se? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I would say that I think the best lesson that I probably learned is just how to help so many different um, personalities and learning styles and everything else. Because, you know, when you're in the classroom, you have a lot more time to build relationships with these kids, connect with them, you know, get to know their likes and dislikes and really, um, you know, cater to their needs a lot more easily. But when you see over 400 kids and you only see them for, you know, 45 minutes or so, 
twice a week, some kids only once a week. Uh, it's it's a little bit more challenging to really build some of those relationships and kind of figure out what works for some kids and what doesn't. So really, you know, being thoughtful, I guess, about, you know, the time spent with them and how you can foster those relationships and discover their learning styles and and how to best help them. It's been a lot more challenging with uh, so many kids. So one question I love to ask teachers, since I know you've seen a lot of teachers, worked with a lot of teachers on your teams, and then being in the lab allows you to kind of collaborate with everybody. What characteristics would you say makes an educator great? The biggest common denominator in great teachers is just having a passion and a love for kids and for teaching. I mean, that's really something that can't be taught, but it's what gets them out of bed and gets them motivated and, um, you know, just has them show up and do the best that they can for kids each and every day. Um, I think some other qualities that are really important is teachers who are consistent, uh, consistent with expectations, consistent with behavior management, consistent with the quality of lessons that they're putting out. Um, I think that kids really thrive in an environment where they know what to expect and what's expected of them. And so I think that that's really important. Uh, I think that being creative is something that is really um, a good quality for a teacher to have just because you know, creative teachers really come up with super engaging lessons or, you know, can kind of think on their feet whenever the lesson isn't going the way that they planned or, you know, if a kid's really struggling, they can think creatively and find a different approach to teach it to them. So that's something that I think is important. And also, you know, I know I said consistency is important, but I think also just flexibility is important too, because uh, as you know, in, in the teaching world and education, I mean, there are curveballs thrown at you all the time, whether it's changes within the district, changes within the state, or even something as simple as you had this really amazing lesson going, the kids were super engaged, they were, you know, doing awesome, and then the fire drill happens, and you have to stop everything, so there's there's always something happening in teaching, you just have to kind of expect the unexpected and, and roll with the punches, and those are just a few qualities that I've seen that, you know, not only just successful teachers, but kind of, you know, some of the more happy teachers have that really uh, not only are good at the profession, but really in, are able to enjoy it. So this show is dedicated to teachers of a variety of backgrounds. We've got new teachers, teachers in transition or distress, and teacher leaders. So if you could give any one of these type of teachers a piece of advice, what would it be and why? I think it would be to learn as much as you can, but to not try and implement everything that you learned all at once. Uh, I say that because, I, you know, I think that no matter where you are in your teaching career, if you're just getting started, if you're a veteran teacher, um, no matter where you are on your journey, that it's really important to always continue learning, continuing to get new ideas, new methods. Um, and that could be, you know, through uh, standard, you know, teacher training or conference or something. It could be, you know, through seeking out uh, another teacher on your campus and getting ideas and collaborating with them or even observing them. 
It could be listening to educational podcasts or, you know, going on Pinterest or reading blogs or, um, you know, it, I mean, there's so many ways that new knowledge is available to us and um, just new tips and tricks that we could learn that there's no excuse for anybody not to be learning and trying out new things in their classroom. But I follow that up with not trying to implement everything all at once because I know even myself through experience, I've kind of fallen into that where I've gotten really fired up about, you know, a training that I went to or, you know, all these ideas that I found on some phenomenal teacher's blog or when I observed a veteran teacher in our classroom whenever I was very first starting, you know, there was like pages and pages and pages and pages of notes that I wanted to go and implement. And then it just seems so overwhelming. Like, okay, so I guess I need to change like my entire classroom if I'm going to do all of this stuff. And it's just not feasible to do all at once. And you're not going to implement all the new ideas well if you try and do them all at once. So I'd say try and get as many ideas as you can and then pick one or two to try and implement, see how they go, you know, and just even learn from yourself, be reflective about what went well, what didn't, and uh, kind of move on from there. You've been offering some great advice to the listener. So who do you go to for advice? Who would be your mentor? So my mom is my mentor just in life in general. I go to her for every single thing. And I am fortunate enough to actually be able to go to her um, with anything in the field of education because she was a classroom teacher forever, for my whole life. Um, And she actually left the classroom probably about 10 years ago and um, went into being like a reading specialist and did different kind of pullouts and stuff like that, worked for the district. And then she actually went back and uh, got her master's and then her PhD in administration and has been an administrator for several years. So she is just my go-to for any kind of questions, ideas, feedback, um, anything like that. So I'm very fortunate to have such an amazing resource close by because she's a very smart and creative lady. Um, As far as school goes, I have a mentor teacher that, you know, starting my very first year there, she kind of took me under her wing and helped me out. And so she's still my go-to person on my campus that I go and talk to. And now that I've been teaching for several years too, um, we're more able to like collaborate together and stuff. You talked a little bit about mentorship and how great your mom is as an asset to yourself in terms of growing as an educator. But how do you just keep current about what is happening in the field? I know that changes are constantly occurring. So besides chatting with your mom, what other ways do you just keep up to date on everything that's happening? It is so difficult to feel like you're really on top of everything and truly up to date with everything since, you know, like you said, things are always changing. Things are constantly changing, but, um, I like to try and in, you know, some free time read just different, uh, articles or publications online, or, um, I'm actually, as far as, uh, stuff that's affected by the state government that has to do with education, I am in a Facebook group of educators who really are amazing at keeping on top of 
you know, everything that's going on and everything that's changing. And it's just about, you know, basically like the government and education. And so I check there frequently to kind of see about any updates or changes in legislation, et cetera. And, um, you know, as far as ideas and um, new classroom innovations and stuff, I, I would say probably the internet is where I get most of my information. Um, and then from time to time, if I see a really good training either offered through my district or my, uh, I don't know if this is nationwide, but in Texas we have um, regions. So uh, some of my region will offer a training that will be really good. So um, those are always really nice. And I feel like I always get a ton of information whenever I can go to any sort of educational training or conference and just get so many new ideas that I can implement right away in the classroom. We've made it to the best part. Go ahead and tell us all about your store, your curricular resources, anything else um, about your edupreneur journey that you would like to share. I would say that my store is a pretty good representation of what my classroom normally looks like. Um, Even though I'm teaching science now, I have mostly literacy and math resources right now just because of all my time in just a general ed classroom. That's what our main focus was. So that's what I was creating because most things that I've created are things that I've used in my classroom or things that um, I create for my coworkers. They say, oh, I need something for, you know, this unit that we're working on or um, whatever like that. So it's usually stuff that you'll see in my school, either in my classroom or someone else's classroom. I like to create things that are first and foremost differentiated because I am, you know, like I said, a huge believer in really individualizing instruction for the students. And it's a lot of hands-on centers or small group activities that you can do with the kids. So even though there's a lot of them that have recording sheets for accountability, um, I don't ever have like work packs and stuff like that, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not normally what I do in my early childhood classroom. I like for them to have more hands-on experiences, get to manipulate different materials and stuff like that. Uh, Now that being said, I am starting to roll out a lot more STEAM and STEM and just science type workstations because our centers, um, since that's what I'm doing now, I'm doing science. And the reason that I haven't really created a lot of that is because I like to only put tried and true materials in my in my store i like to make sure that they work for teachers they work for kids that they're actually effective before i put them out there for anybody else so now that i have two years of science under my belt i feel much more confident about you know the things that i've tweaked taken out what doesn't work amped up what does and um, now i can create more of those types of materials for shared other teachers um so things that i'm working on right now are STEAM center. So they're just really um, hands-on activities for early childhood because even though there's a lot of STEAM stuff out there, a lot of it, um, you either have to, you know, they're task cards where you have to read the instructions or um, they're things that you really like four and five-year-olds need the teacher's assistance to build and create. There's not a lot of things that are geared towards them where you know, you can kind of explain it to them and then just put it in a center and they know what to do. So I'm really trying to um, get more STEAM activities in the hands of little people. So that is my main push um, right now is just getting uh, 
some steam units out. And like I said, I really like to teach in themes. And so um, one of my best sellers is actually a Fairy Tales and Nursery Rhyme steam unit that I have out that has just all different kinds of challenges that go along with different fairy tales and nursery rhymes that the kids are already familiar with. So uh, those are always a lot of fun and um, the kids really enjoy doing them. So that is what you'll probably see more of coming out in the future in my store. If you'd like to connect with me, I love, love, love just meeting and interacting with uh, teachers from all over the place. So uh, you can find me at Teach Glitter Grow across all forms of social media. That's my Instagram handle, and that's on my Facebook page, and that's also the name of my Teachers Pay Teacher store is Teach Glitter Grow. All right, Cole, that does it for this amazing episode. Thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. You gave a ton of insight. I can't wait to release this episode to all the teachers out there that really need your creativity and your inspiration. So thanks so much for connecting and doing this on Voxer because that is how you and I constantly stay in contact. So I thought that was perfect for this episode. Uh, Wishing you the best. Thanks so much. Talk later. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun and it was great talking to you as always. And I'm sure I will be talking to you again soon. Wow. Wasn't that an empowering message from Cole? I just love so many quotable moments in there. If you didn't catch them, go back to the show notes, alwayslesson.com, click on podcast. You'll see Cole's episode there. She's got some great one-liners that are really inspirational. What I love most about Cole is she is so different than me. I am upper elementary and she is lower elementary. And so our brains are just wired totally different. She is fun and creative and cutesy. And I'm always like, how do you come up with such great designs or great lesson ideas? Like I, my brain just doesn't go there. I think like all the rigorous questions, but I don't know that I necessarily make it fun and visually appealing (laughs) or inviting. So that's what I love about her. Uh, So if you are early childhood, she's definitely someone you want to connect with. What I also enjoyed about her episode is she keeps focusing on differentiated instruction and she isn't someone that just uses it as a buzzword, but someone that truly believes in what it means to make sure every learner is successful. And she knows in the beginning years, kids are developmentally all over the place. And so to really acknowledge their potential in their development and find out what they need so that they can be successful is super important. And she mentioned small groups and only really creating materials for teachers that she knows in her classroom are tried and true, which I think is pretty cool because I have seen some teacher sellers creating materials and not necessarily using them in the classroom or not really sure how they would even do in the classroom. And so for Cole to be able to say, hey, I'm going to test drive this first, make sure I get out all the kinks before I pass it on to another teacher really shows that she puts students first to make sure that they are getting exactly what they need. uh, No shortcuts and ifs or buts about it. And STEAM is super hot right now in education, so to have her, the captain of that ship, really helps keep me up to date on what's new in education and making sure that I'm thinking through all the different facets of a student's knowledge base and making sure it's inquiry-based and hands-on and it's an experience versus a worksheet. I know she was really big on that, so Cole is just very good for me. She pushes me to think differently, and I appreciate her so much. Cole, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your unique perspective and for just being you. 
As Cole mentioned, make sure you connect with her. I've linked all her social media profiles and Teachers Pay Teacher store up in the show notes. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Cole Alexander. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.